Today on The Breakdown, it was the 2013 Monte Carlo EPT main event, and they were on the stone bubble when Calvin Anderson, the number one online player ranked in the world at that point, and David Van Plew played a pot, a big pot, a cray pot, and we're going to break it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. A cray pot. I, know. I, had, I was really hard to get through that because I said a cray pot. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a weird thing to say. Yeah, that is a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to stick with that opening. There's I guess. a lot of really interesting factors yeah, in this hand. There are that I want to talk about before we really start getting into it. It was suggested by Ben Jones Groves, by the way. Mm. You know how to suggest hands, don't you? He's Australian. Is he? Yeah. Okay, good. Isn't he? I don't know. I feel like he is. Maybe. I'm going with Australia. Okay. And, you know, I've recently lifted my hatred of Australians and all things Australian, and I've shifted it to um, England. So congratulations, Ben Jones Groves. If you indeed are Australian, you're all right in my book, buddy. You did it. Yeah. Well done. Are you going to tell him how to suggest hands? Sure. Oh, you mean now? Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, Yeah. You get on the Twitter machines and you uh, tweet at two poker guys. That's the number two poker guys. You... Get a hand that you find on YouTube and you copy that YouTube link and you put it in the tweet and you also timestamp it, which means you either tell us the time the hand starts or you can just right click actually when you're copying the YouTube link and it'll give you the option to set the link up for that time in the video, which is even better. Jonathan Moonlights as an adult education specialist. He teaches elderly people how to use the internet. It's great. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a, a rewarding job. Yeah. It really is. More rewarding all the than soup, this. All the soup you can handle, let me tell you. You know, I just want to help people. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm helping people anymore. In the beginning when we got into this, it was all about the people. But what's right. it turned into now? It's about it's about the cars. It's about the, the, the Learjets. It's yeah. about, you know. We each have so many jets. It's too many. Yeah. It's about the Blazarians, you know. Yeah. Hanging out with the Blazarians. How and, we employ them. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I don't know how I got on this, but I somehow ended up on Dan Blazarian's Twitter feed. I think it's because Horolibus, uh, like, responded to something. So I, like, clicked on it, and I started, like, just looking through his Twitter feed. That guy lives a crazy life. It's, it's the life I think everyone, in theory, wants to lead. But I was looking, and I was like, I kind of feel like this is really empty, and I think he's probably not as... He's working so hard to show us how, how great his life is. I actually wonder if, it, if he actually feels good about it, you know? I kind of think he doesn't. Most people don't. Question for the psychology podcast that we're going to start soon. Yeah, the wellness podcast. Yeah. There's probably a podcast called that already. Uh, if there isn't, we should start one right away because that thing's going to go to the moon. Fly off the handle. Shelf. What? Shelf. Yeah, there you go. The shelf. Podcast shelf. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. All right. So a couple things about this hand. It, it is on the bubble, which it's a big bubble. It's the Monte Carlo main event. I believe at the time it was a 10K euro buy. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so that's a pretty serious bubble. That's some dosh. But if there's two two guys that are pros that are not going to really be super careful on the bubble these guys are candidates they they both were very successful they still are but this was probably the peak of both of their careers i would think that's possibly true i mean i, I mentioned calvin johnson was the number one calvin ranked, johnson number one ranked wide receiver in yeah. the detroit lions yeah calvin anderson was the number one ranked online player in the world at this point um i don't believe he has since reached that height again although i mean it's incredibly hard to do that yeah that's course. tough that's, that's not tough a put to, down on him in no. any way um yeah it's it's i mean it's hard to be this 
to be at this this level of the top of the game. Right, and Van Plue had won some live stuff and yeah. was like doing quite well. Yeah, I don't know if this was the height of Van Plue or not, but it's close anyway for these guys. Calvin Anderson, by the way, is a friend of the podcast. Indeed he is. So yeah, we, actually... we talk with that guy plenty of times on, on the circuit and in the series. Um, yep. Somehow, strangely enough, I've made two 10-headed final tables with his girlfriend, Cammie. That is really like very nice, weird. Very nice person, but she unfortunately went out 10th both times, both times with yeah. like in brutal ways. Did she have kings both times? Uh, no, the first time she had ace-king. The second oh, time the she had time. kings. The one, one that was, I was at, too, she had kings. Yeah, yeah first was a $1,500 bracelet event. Second was a circuit 365 event. Yeah. And yeah, she somehow got 10th both times and somehow was seated directly to my right both times. It was really weird because oh, yeah. like, we kind of know Calvin and then she ends up at my final tables. It's weird. That is really weird. Yeah. I'll tell you this, too. So I was in the one seat and you guys were like in what, the, the seven and six seat or something like that? Something like you were that. never in the one seat. I was Yeah, the dealer was on my... Oh, yeah, right. you're right. Um, and I was just like listening to you guys talk the whole time. And I kept interjecting things because that was the fun conversation. At the table. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, another thing. And yeah. yeah, I just kept... I was just like listening. The so whole time. so all this to say, we uh, we do know Calvin a little bit. And, yeah. And he, his reputation precedes him not only because of his success online, but because of his style, which this is not giving away anything. Every, he knows that everybody knows this. What he said to us is basically his style is screw GTO. I'm going to make it hard on you. Like, That's correct. Yeah. He's like not interested in not, it's not that he doesn't understand GTO, but he's like, I'm going to do stuff that GTO guys might hate, but I'm going to make life very, very hard on you. Calvin talked to me. We actually had some long conversations about poker. And one of the things he talked to me about was, when he was really trying to like figure it all out, he would try and win like 30 hands in a row and 40 hands in a row and things like that and see if he could. And if he lost one, he'd like try to do another streak right away. So he basically put himself in ridiculous situations constantly and have to navigate his way out of them. So he learned things because he clearly became really good, right? Yeah. So a lot of people would do this and just be terrible and lose a lot of money. I think a lot yet. of people do do it and <laughs> are terrible. Yeah, like, okay. It's much harder to be great doing this style yeah. than a GTO style. Basically, Calvin said, I'm going to take Gus Hansen's style like accelerate it, like put the gas pedal down even more and figure out how to make it a winning style, even as people are getting better, which, yeah. and then he did it. And he still, although he doesn't do this style to that same degree anymore, but he said, yeah, like trying to win 35 hands in a row, you really learn a lot about yourself and a lot about poker. Like you just do. Yeah. You're didn't he say to. something like the only way to do it is like, you have to obviously be perceptive and it's, you have to pay attention to everything. Yeah. Every sizing that anybody takes ever, every movement of their hand, anybody takes ever, mm-hmm. or else you're just going to make too many slip ups when you're playing this, like essentially suboptimal preflop strategy, right? Like where you're just trying to put a ton of pressure on people. Right. So, yeah. so it's really cool. So as we get into this hand, Calvin is, as we've mentioned, like a big deal on this tour at this point. And everyone knows who he is, and he's playing this kind of a style. Not maybe yeah. not thirty hands in a row kind of style, but he's the crazy one for sure. He'll open any two cards anywhere, essentially. Yeah. And and like we've been watching um, back when this was out. I, I still remember watching. All, I remember this hand when I first saw it, even because it was kind of whack. Um, like he was, you know, the factor at the table, any table he was at, because he was doing just what you would expect him to do, which is play almost all hands and play them very aggressively. And everyone was just like. Deciding whether should should I hero this time or not? You know, I guess yeah. I'm just going to fold again, and like a lot of that, you know, just getting out of his way. Yeah. So, and, that, and I think that informs this hand, right? It does. So, like to to his credit, to his styles credit, at this point, he's going to open this hand. The blinds are 2K, 4K on the bubble. So we're on the bubble of a major tournament. He has 545K. Yeah. At 2K, 4K. Obviously, he's accumulated. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's going to accumulate or he's going to be gone. Basically, that's kind of part I think of so. part of his style. I think so. Um. So he has that, and he also has Jack Three of Clubs, which is a suited hand. 
And uh, <laughs> that's correct. And he's plus two. And he's, I mean, if you're going to open Jack three of clubs with, which I believe Calvin at the time, at least would have opened this a lot of the time anyway, but it's on the bubble. So it's, it's actually a reasonable thing to it's do. It's totally reasonable. Even from his position yeah. on this bubble. No question. Like about it. people don't abuse the bubble enough. We've talked about this. Even when you know what's happening and know it's a good thing to do, people just don't do it it's enough. It's hard to pull the trigger. Yeah. I understand. And this Grant and I did a podcast a few months ago about this. Yeah. We got really into it. Right. Talked all about bubble play and decided we were gonna be more abusive on the bubble. I haven't really had I've barely played any tournaments since then. I haven't really had many opportunities to uh even try to do that, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, maybe you should play a little more poker. Yeah, I'm thinking about it actually. Think all about right. playing more poker. Well, we're ramping up for the series. We're going to be there for a while. You yeah. better be good by the time we get there. Well, we, we well, swap action, man. I, whatever, need you to, man. I need you to do what you're I, doing. You just need you to do... As long as you do good, who cares about me? <laughs> oh, great. That way. Great deal for me. <laughs> we might have to alter the deal. Uh, Darth Vader style. Yeah, exactly. I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Pray I do not alter it anymore. All right. So Anderson opens Jack Three of Clubs plus two. It folds to David Vamplu, who... He's also probably not very scared of the bubble situation at this point in his career. I don't think so. I mean, you know, you don't want to just give away, you know, whatever, 15,000 euro. Right, of course. No matter, no matter, almost no matter how much money you have, you don't want to just, you know, set it on fire. Well, of course. But at the same point, yeah, you're... But Vampu's going to play optimal poker from his perspective. Right. He's not going to be cowed by the situation. Right. There may be a few spots where he says, well, I'm like 52% here, but I'm just going to throw it away because it's so close. Yeah. But anything that isn't super marginal, I don't think he's going to, it's going to change him at all. Right. Well, he doesn't have a super marginal, marginal hand here. He has ace king of clubs. That is not marginal. No. And he's on the button. He's got 225K. So he's got over 50 bigs. Mm. So he's deep, and we're on the bubble. So like a lot of people will will not three bet ace king in this situation because they're afraid that the big stack's going to bully them. Right. But Vampu's like if I imagine Vampu is not folding preflop to Calvin Anderson because it's Calvin freaking Anderson. I can't imagine. I think he's really hoping Calvin Anderson shoves yeah. or effectively shoves. Right. You know, he's like, go for it. I don't care. Let's go. Whereas against a normal opponent with a normal range, getting fifty blinds on the bubble with ace king in is probably not a good death. idea. It's yeah. death. But yeah. Vampu knows this is a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes it 21K. Um, and there's a testament. Oh, and Anderson made an 8K at 2K, 4K. This is a testament to the sizing thing that we talked about on our Fabian Quas Timothy Adams podcast. Because yeah. we know talking to Calvin, he doesn't min open anymore. He like min plus opens like everybody else does. And uh, you weren't there, I guess. You're giving me a I look. I wasn't there for uh, that. Yeah, yeah, he told me that. Um, and Vamplu is making it 21K over 8K. Like nobody's got fold equity anywhere ever back in 2013. Well, you know, if Calvin's opening oh, super, super wide as he is, yeah. he really might fold. Like he's going to fold some of his absolute worst hands. Just Jack three clubs probably doesn't fall into like his bottom twenty percent no. hands. Honestly. Jack three offsuit he might fold. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean like ten six off he might fold. Yeah, but like Jack three clubs. I mean for for that much more thirteen k more, it's reasonable to see. We're a getting a good price. You here. could still decide to fold because Van Plu rates to have a pretty good hand here, but. It's not the end of the world. And you can, Calvin Anderson's like, that's not my game. I'm not the guy who folds here ever. I'm the guy who calls or four bets. That's me. In this scenario, whether or not Calvin's hand gets good, I think there's like a 60% chance he says the words all in in the hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's just going to happen so frequently. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, well, Vamp, well, we're not, we, we'll never know based on the flop, which you'll learn about soon, but I wonder what Vampu's plan would be if he missed and Anderson starts putting pressure on him. Is he going to just like hero all the way with Ace King against this guy? I don't believe so. You don't I think, think so? he's, I would guess um, he's going to, even back then, I would guess he's probably going to do like range based check backs or C bets. And if he gets called and doesn't, ha- and doesn't have anything, he's probably going to give up. And I think he's going to check and give up on a lot of flops and turns that are just like 10 high. You know, and just like, because that's all over Calvin. Is he really just going to call down with Ace King when he just he hasn't put that much in? I just yeah. don't, I, I think he'd be, I think it's okay to lose. You know, it's only 21K so far. Like, who cares? So yeah. 
It's five blinds. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, folds back to Calvin and he does call because otherwise this would be a horrible hand to choose for the breakdown. And thanks for watching. The whole point of choosing this hand for the breakdown was to brag about how we know Calvin Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing Calvin said to me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like, clearly you're better than me. <laughs> I'm just lucky to be around you. Yeah. Actually, poker guys. someone came up to us and when we were talking to Calvin, who was a fan of the poker guys, and she was like sort of gushing about how much she loves the poker guys. It was great. Yeah. We really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I stopped her and I was like, do you know who this is yeah, you were talking right. to? Like, And we were like, this guy's way better than we are. And he was very kind. He's like, well, I'm a little better probably. Yeah. We're yeah. like, yeah. When a guy, when a guy really sweetly says I'm a little better, it means they're way better, by yeah. the way. That's a sign. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. didn't say, oh, no, no, no. We're, they're probably, we're probably about the same. He didn't even say that. No. Because we that, all know. He's that, clearly that way better. That would have been an insane thing to say. Yeah. Of you can't course. say that. And that's and fine. Any like, respect in the we, world? We have no problem. Yeah, we'd be like, you're lying, Calvin. And yeah. you're, by the way, you're lying when you say you're just a little bit better. Yeah. Like, come on. It's okay. <laughs> it's a more acceptable lie, though. It is. It yeah. is. It's very, it's very gracious. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we got Calvin calling with the Jack Three of Clubs. So the pot is now 52K. And the flop is Ace of Hearts, Deuce of Diamonds, Four of Hearts. Again, Vampoo has Ace King of Clubs, and Calvin has Jack Three of Clubs. Yeah. So that's, you know, a gut shot for Calvin which is probably better than he usually flops, you know? Yeah, sure. And and obviously Vampoo loves the flop. Yeah, Vampoo's pretty pretty happy with this flop. Pretty happy. And he obviously doesn't have to be ahead. On a, against a lot of opponents you kind of have to be ahead here in this spot, right? Yeah. Like they are going to pro- maybe even fold their small pairs. Right. Maybe maybe not for this price that we gave them pre, but often they are and they yep. don't have like aces up ever and they don't have they don't have any two pairs. Yeah, Calvin does though. Obviously. Calvin can have anything, right? Yeah. Calvin can have sets. Calvin have, can, can have two pairs. Calvin can have straights. Which is kind of the, the whole point of his strategy, right? Yeah. Is like, you never know what I'm going to do to you. Like, I can have the nuts. Yeah. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I can always have the nuts. Right. Well, before we talk about the action, why don't we talk about the action that's always going on on Nitrogen Sports Poker Room? There's more action on Nitrogen Sports Poker Room than there is in your typical Sylvester Stallone movie. Whoa, that was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you want to join the action and join the action with us specifically, we have monthly tournaments uh, end of each month on this last Sunday of the month or like if it falls on the first Sunday of the next month, sometimes that happens. Um, you'll know. You'll know. You'll it's in the know. lobby, but it's only in <laughs> the right. lobby of Nitrogen Sports. If you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or else you don't even get to see that tournament. And it's a great one because it's a tiny buy-in, huge overlay. Yep. And by the way, if you are on the fence about it, Go ahead and click that link in the description because it helps out the poker guys just a little bit. Yeah, let's nitrogen show that. Let, excuse me, nitrogen know that someone's paying attention and someone cares, um, and you know is it makes them continue to want to support this podcast. But you know, but also come and play with us. Yeah, obviously come and play with us. Nitrogen is a great site. They're great people. They have good software. It's really nice, clean poker software yep. housed in your browser. You don't have to download anything. They also have a sports book with a ton of sports betting to do and Huge. a casino. There's a lot you can do on Nitrogen. There's no reason not to sign up. It's also Bitcoin only, so you get super fast withdrawals, and I'm talking like 20 minutes. It's pretty sweet. As Grant likes to say, it moves at the speed of Bitcoin. Yes, yeah, so which like is actually it, really fast. It is. Yeah. yeah. And also nitrogen is great because sometimes Bitcoin has really high transaction fees. Sometimes they're really low. Nit- nitrogen just handles that for you. Every two weeks you get a free withdrawal from them, no matter what the fees would be. So that's pretty great too. Cause like not that long ago, they were in the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. You don't want to pay that for your $400 withdrawal. Yeah. Like come on. Yeah. But nitrogen just handles it. Yeah. So, and so you're welcome. Poker players. Click the link, join us for the tournament, do some sports betting, have some fun. All the things. Yeah, nitrogen. Nitrogen sports poker. More action than the last Carl Weathers movie. 
Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. It's not the ocean, but it's close. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. I like Transformers movies. Do you? <laughs> 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 no, I don't. I don't actually. No, that's just the, that's the logo. Yeah, but I that's wanted to answer. I felt like I I needed to get my opinion on slogan. Transformers movies out into mm. the world. There's in, gonna case, be a, in case people were wondering, <laughs> I'm not a fan. There's going to be a solo Bumblebee movie coming out. You know that, right? No, I'm actually sincere about this. That's Bumblebee is the yellow one. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. And black, yeah. probably yellow and black. Um, probably. Yeah. I don't, I can't, I don't really know, but, um, yeah, but that's coming out and that's, that's going to reset the whole Transformers movie universe. Apparently they're rebooting it. Oh, good. With the Bumblebee movie. <laughs> this is not a joke. <laughs> this is real. Okay. But that's for the Transformers podcast we're doing. And that's all about nitrogen sports poker. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's right. Nitrogen sports poker. Bumblebee. <laughs> all right. So we're on the flop. Vampoo's flop top top with ace king and ace deuce four two heart board. Calvin's got a gut shot with Jack three of clubs. Um, Calvin checks Vamplu bets 26 and a half thousand. Okay. Yeah. He's probably expecting to get a lot of folds here. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. But Calvin, I guess decided he flopped a little too well. Now, if you're going to continue in the hand as Calvin, do you want to raise now or do you want to call? This is the question, yeah. isn't it? I think as Calvin, because it's an ace high board, maybe he thinks there's a, there's a lot of good ways he can win this hand by not raising. So if he calls, um, if Vamplu checks back the turn, he can just bet and win a lot if he, if he puts pressure on him. Also, he can represent a heart. Um, if he hits a three and makes a pair, he can actually represent a straight. If he actually somehow makes a straight, he can represent a straight. If, it, if he checks the turn, it comes a brick, and Van Plu bets again, he probably has to fold. Yeah. Something like that. That's true. I mean, so we often talk on boards like this, especially in three-bet pots, that it's pretty hard to rep a wide range by check raising here. Like check calling is a better way to, to rep more value later. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that may not be true for Calvin Anderson because as we said, his range is essentially infinite. You can have any of the two pairs on the board. He could have flopped a straight. That's true. Could have a set easily. That's true. So I don't know if he necessarily has to abide by that principle. Although it does, if, if Van is not completely aware of him, which I have to believe Van is completely aware of him. Of course he is. So then that doesn't really apply. What I was going to say, like if, if Anderson is aware that his opponent doesn't know who he is or something, maybe he has to take a more, like value heavy line from their mind. I mean, the thing is Anderson's going to have um, a lot of value or can have all the value, but he can have just almost infinite bluffs too. Right. Yes. And based on his reputation, probably it's not the greatest time to like try and bluff on this board. If I mean, if Van Blue has two Queens, maybe he'll just decide to fold. He might've checked that back though. Right. Like, especially when you're against crazy Calvin exactly. Anderson and you have two Queens here, you're like, I don't want to be in that spot. How about I just check? And Anderson may know that Van Plu, he knows who Van Plu is, right? Yeah, of course. So he's like, I don't know if I can just bully this guy the way I can bully your typical amateur who can just going to fold ace queen, you know, on the, yeah. on, what if I check race? Like Van Plu's not going to fold an ace to me. Right. Like, so I'm going to, so I like calling better because if Van Plu checks the turn on a brick, then he doesn't have an ace very often. Cause he'd almost always bet the turn. If he has an ace, you would have to think right on a brick. Yeah. Um, if a heart comes, we can rep it. If a, if we make a pair of threes, we can rep it. We can rep the straight. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. So Vampu basically is going to need to have like ace king or ace queen, and no heart to come for him to win this pot easily. Anyway. Yeah. With a, but he, he if he knows Calvin Anderson, he might just decide like it's right. Although it is the bubble, and I know I said it wouldn't affect him as much as most people. It still makes you call a little bit less yeah. in spots where it's marginal, obviously. Absolutely, as it, it should. It should. Like yeah. you're not, there's no reason to flush 15,000 euro down the toilet or 20,000 euro down the toilet just because you don't want to be bluffed once. Yeah. Like not to say, not to say you should auto, uh, call 
or autofold or whatever, I should say, autofold. But like you have to think about it and it should affect things a little bit. Talking about expected value, it's a big expected value spot. Like Van Plew is clearly going to make the money. For sure, it's guaranteed if he doesn't play a lot of big pots, right? Like, yeah. He's going to get there. He's got more than enough blinds. We're right on the bubble. Yeah. And so if he were to go out in this hand or in the next few hands and playing big pots where he, doesn't, where he doesn't really have it, you know, that's essentially just letting that money on fire. Yeah. Because that money's coming to him. Right. Which is part of why I would expect him to always check back his big pairs on this board because right. he doesn't want to be put in that spot against this guy who he knows is, is like apt to put in a ton of chips at any, at any moment. Right. And Calvin probably knows that Vamplu knows that, which means that Calvin is probably ranging Vamplu in a very specific way. It, in, in a way, if he knows his opponent knows his reputation, it makes it easier to range the opponent because you know Vamplu's not going to bet right. certain hands. Right. Like he's going to bet an ace or he's going to bet his like king high and queen high hands that he three bet with. And he may not have even been three betting with those. Yeah. Maybe he would have though. Maybe he would have. He might have. He might just call sometimes to have a nice range advantage over Calvin in a smaller pot. Too. Yeah, that, that's true. Also. And let Calvin fire away, you know? Yeah. But, but he might sometimes three bet them, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. He's got like, he's got a big ace he's, or he, I guess he could have a set of aces. He's got a big ace or he's got essentially nothing at all. Maybe you could have like queen jack of hearts. Should we ask the question if Vamplu should be betting at all on this board? We can ask it. Yeah. I feel like he should be. Okay. I feel like as Vamplu, we're going to, if we bet, we're going to have to hold on like crazy. We, it just means we have to have some bluffs here too, right? Yeah, I think so. As long as, so as long as we have some three bet bluffs then, and that, and that we're going to continue with, then it's really fine. And we should be continuing with those, right? Yeah. So then I think it's really okay. We don't need that many of them even, right? If we're just going to be betting like ace king and maybe ace queen. All right. Well, let's think about it from Jack. a more exploitive perspective and okay. less about like the balance situation. Cool. Considering that it is Calvin Anderson who is going to try to bully us on the bubble. Right. It is the bubble. But if he has like nine ten of of spades, he's probably just going to fold right now. Yeah. So, do we want to? Do we think he's like a hundred percent betting the turn if we check back the flop with hands like that? No, because it look when we when we check back, it looks like we've got two queens and we're checking back two call. Against yeah, but, Calvin. But maybe Calvin's like, I can find a way to win this pot. He's the guy who yeah. tried to win 40 hands in a row, right? No, no, no. I understand. No, he'd probably size big twice yeah. and make it tough on us at least, right? But he can't put us all in. By the, I guess he could. He totally can. I guess he could. You're right. He could. Um, just Van Plu's probably not the greatest target for that. I feel like there's better targets. True. And just and from Van Plu's point of view, you know, like we're talking about like, should he be checking back, right? Um, yeah. I guess I just feel like this is a really good hand we have. If we can have some bluffs too, that's great. And it's okay just to win this amount. Like we don't have to win a huge pot when we have one pair here, you know, like this is, this is a nice win for us. We're sort of taxing Calvin I, Anderson. I agree. I'm just wondering if this is a rare opportunity mm. that we are missing out Where on. Where we check and then go call call. Yeah. Because Calvin's going to bluff us so frequently, especially in this scenario where like right. we started with over 50 blinds, but he can threaten our stack on the bubble. Yeah. Like even though we're David Van Plew is still, he's, He's going to be tempted to do that with his 10 high hands. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's possible Van Plu actually thinks the best way to get Calvin to do that is to bet. Maybe. Maybe he thinks like, when I check, it looks like I'm going to pot control, hold on mode, and, it, and at least that's my intention. Maybe he can move me off it anyway in his mind. But yeah. versus if I bet, now I don't have to have it. And you know that's the kind of board I'm going to bet. Like That's the kind of board you're generally going to bet, right? Although you and I have had discussions about when you're three betting a strong, against a strong range and you've been called... And it's an ace high board, and you have it. Or really, should you be betting on an ace high ace high dry boards? Like, yeah. And I'm, we've been wondering if that's a good idea, right? And starting to think maybe not so much. Well, like that it's was a to get slightly back. different. It's a different, it's a different yeah. spot than this. I actually, I think, I, th- I like Van Plu's betting here. 
I think it's fine to bet. I just I wanted to explore yeah. because of the exploitive scenario that has been created by the bubble and the metagame between the two players. I mean, I think as Vamplu, if, if Calvin were to check raise, we would just either call or re-raise. Yeah, I think you know, we might move in just to like shut out the draws so we yeah. don't like lose a pot. The pot's now way bigger than it probably should be. And if he yeah. has us, he has us anyway. Yeah. Kind of a thing. I think that's probably I think you probably just move in if he raises. Even though, like, you know, you know, you're just praying he folds because if yeah. he calls, you're dead, right? You can just call if he raises too. You can, but like a heart comes, you're like, Ugh. yeah, I know. You could take some risks. Yeah, but it's Calvin Anderson, so he's gonna he's gonna rep all the things, right? The problem the problem is if a heart comes, he bets big. We can f- we're gonna fold, I guess. That'd probably be the plan. But he doesn't have to have the hearts, which right. makes it which makes it poopier, right? Like against more some players who are gonna only do this with like certain kinds of equity. Well, they're like, well, when the heart comes there, now I really can't beat anything. I can't beat his value, and I and like the draw comes into the only thing I beat now is like weird gutter. Yep, you know, and then it's much easier to fold, right? Correctly, I think because I think we have to fold this vampire if we call a check raise and a heart comes on the turn and he bets, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's generally the case. But but a heart only comes twenty percent of the time. Vampire is not in that spot because Calvin Anderson decides to just call. Okay, which is an interesting play with just a gut shot here. Yeah. Now I think there's a couple things going on here. I think he thinks that Vamplu must have plenty of bluffs and, and Calvin can take it away later. Sure. Um, I think he also is doing a version of something we've talked about before where if there is a board with a flush draw and a straight draw and you have the straight draw, that's kind of a cooler hand to continue with and mm-hmm. take an aggressive action later. Right. Because people don't see the straight draw as much when it comes in and you can rep the flush very easily. Yeah. The other thing is Vamplu almost always has one pair here. When, yeah. he, when, when he has any value at all. Right. When he doesn't have value, fine. But when he has value, it's besides a set of aces, it's just one pair. And Calvin may feel like, maybe I can just get him off one pair later no matter what, like you were saying, you know? Even if he has a big ace, like, eh, maybe he's going to have to fold. Yeah. Know? I got to believe Calvin's going to rep hearts if hearts come. Oh, I have to believe that. That's, otherwise, otherwise, this is a bad call. Of course. Yeah. So the question is, if a heart comes on the turn, does Calvin just bet or does he check? It's tough because... If he doesn't bet, a lot of the time he's only going to be able to bluff the river, and and then, and then Vamp- he's going to have to just like one and a half x the pot and hope Vamplu folds. Which I don't know if that's going to work. I he don't might, know. He might either. have to start betting right away. Yeah, you bet so that way you can you can bomb the river. Yeah, and you hope Vamplu doesn't like have the nut flush, right, <laughs> or whatever it would be. It's yeah. a very high variant style this guy plays. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Um, need to watch at least. I don't know if I could handle doing. I want. I mean, I would love to learn how to do it, but I'm. I mean, certainly. I've one time I played every hand in a sit and go. How'd that go? I won. Oh. Actually, it was kind of amazing. So why didn't you keep doing it? Um, you know, it felt gimmicky and lucky that I won. How could it be lucky? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, think about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay, you know what else you should think about before we get to the river? Um, I'm thinking about what else I'm supposed to think about. How's that? That's pretty good. I was thinking about cryptocurrency because really? everybody's thinking about it these days you it's, know it's on everyone the tips of everyone's tongue grant yeah and uh, i was thinking about one in particular Re- oh, which is that it's dash digital cash well what? just so happens to sponsor this podcast well, <laughs> that is a crazy coinky dink for yeah. sure but it sponsors this podcast for a reason because we really do believe in dash digital mm. cash we sought them out because we yeah. like them yeah. we think it's a really cool cryptocurrency that has a lot of really cool features that can make it the transactional cryptocurrency of the future jonathan well that is a mouthful my friend yeah and it's quite a claim yeah, and uh, it's a little confusing. So basically what I mean is it could be used as a global currency that replaces cash. That is yeah. how good it is at transacting because it is super cheap and super fast. Way cheaper than a credit card for the merchant. Yeah. Like it costs one cent 
Instead of 3%. Yeah. And way faster than a credit card. It's one to four seconds. A credit card's like 10 to 15 seconds. Yep. Yeah. And that, especially the 3% is a really big yep. deal for both the merchant and the consumer. It means the price of things could actually be, could come down legitimately if everyone's using stuff like this. I yeah. Mean, this is real. Um, and also the speed, it matters more for the merchant than for the consumer. But it does mean that this is the type of, the, potentially the currency that really could get adopted because it has the kinds of qualities that merchants would be looking for. Right, absolutely. And they're doing a lot of really cool projects all the time. They have something called a Dash Treasury that yep. I'm not even going to get into, but they fund projects like this. Yeah. And it's, it's super cool. I uh, encourage you guys to check out Dash.org, which is where they have all their stuff. You know, pretty neat. Um, we, also, we also made a video that was like a brief explanation of the benefits of cryptocurrency. And then we talk about how we think Dash is kind of special among those cryptocurrencies. You can mm-hmm. check that out by clicking the link in the description of the podcast. Yes. Uh, you can also download the Dash wallet, which you should do. It's easy on iOS or Android. We have that in the description as well. Yep. And of course, we have our Dash giveaways. Yeah, you need that wallet for the giveaways. Yeah, but we're giving away some more money because that's what we do. Yeah, we're giving away so much money. I mean... Like a crazy amount of money, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> like, really, this is this is a big deal. This is more money by far than we've ever given away. Yep. By far. We're dumb dumbs. We're giving away multiple dash and one giveaway to one person. Yep. You have to get it on this. It's going to be easy to do. Check our Twitter feed for, for all the details. That is, of course, at two poker guys, the number two poker guys. Yeah. Check that out. Do a little research on dash because it's, it's extra cool. Yeah. All right. Back to the hand here. Yep. Um, so we got... Calvin calling here. The turn is going to be the five of spades. There's 105K in the pot. Why is Jonathan looking at me? What? I'm just listening. He's just, he put his microphone down and started laughing. <laughs> I just, it's funny to put my microphone down. I was curious. He's trying to, to make reaction. me go solo over here. Yeah. Just going to mess with you. And I sort of did, but not in a, not in a fun way. Please continue. Okay. I will. 105K in the pot. The turn is the five of spades, which is just unfair. I mean, so sick. It's the three outer. Because obviously the extra the five of hearts is going to change the dynamic at least a little bit, right? But I mean, maybe it wouldn't. But at least Vampu would have to think about it differently. The five of spades feels ridiculous. I know. I mean, like, how does Calvin have just a three in his hand? <laughs> it feels impossible. Yeah. So even, Calvin gets there. Calvin gets there. Vampu is drawing dead to a chop. We're <laughs> on the bubble. Calvin has this reputation that Vampu is aware of. Like, this is a very interesting and weird dynamic now. Yeah. All right. We're still relatively deep. We are. It's kind of crazy. Vamplu has 225K to start the hand. He's put in about 50K. So he's, he's got, got like 175K. So, I mean, relatively deep. He's got more than a pot, but not a lot more than a pot. Not even twice pot. But also critically on the bubble, he still yeah. has near 50 blinds. Here's the other thing. As Calvin Anderson checks his straight. Yes. Before Vamplu bets... At the table right next to theirs, all these people suddenly start standing up and coming over to the table, and the dealer announces that a player is all in, and there's been a call. Yep. So now we know that as as Van Plue, right now we still feel fine about everything because nothing's happened yet, but we know that like after this hand, it's it's certainly very possible that like we're the bubble's going to be burst. Yes. That so is that's that's important. That is definitely important. And yeah. it's like the super bubble now because like there's an actual right. all in scenario right now. We don't know what happens because they force everyone to wait until all the bubble scenarios are handled. So they let everything go. All the other hands finish and then they let that hand continue. So that way you can't sort of like game the system too right. much. Right. But still, Van Plu has that information. Yeah. So, so that's Calvin Anderson, by the way. So it's just like a hyper-extended bubble, super bubble. It's pretty interesting. They announced it on the loudspeaker. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So Calvin does check. 
Um, I think you would have led a heart, as we discussed. Yeah, I think you're probably right. This is such an incredible spot. It is an amazing spot. Now, the real question here is, should Van Plu be betting? Right. Like, So give me some pros to betting here. We charge hearts. Yeah. We induce Calvin to make a big play on us on a board that it's... I mean, he could have it, but he's often not going to. But he may feel like, well, you never have it, so I yeah. can make a play. Yeah. It's like perfect for that, right? Yeah. And pot size is such that that works really well, too. Stack size and pot size and all that works really well. Like, right. Like, we bet he moves in, we can call, and it's all like, we're sort of, he's, we have the right stack size for him to move in on us with, with, and make a play at us yeah. with hearts or with whatever, just his random air stuff. Um, it's a scary spot, but if you're willing to take it, I guess. If you're willing, you have to be willing to take it. Yeah. Right? I think if you're Van Plu and you decide to bet, you have to bet with, with an intention about what you want to do if he moves in. As a, you have to be thinking about that already. Otherwise, you should just check. And it's okay to check and pot control. I think yeah. it's fine. But of course, there's going to be some cards on the river you're going to hate, and he's going to probably bet a lot, right? Yeah, but, but we at least can call. We can call pretty easily, right? Unless yes. he shoves, which he might do, especially with this whole bubble thing that just happened. Yep. He might just be like, I'm all in. Figure it out, buddy. He really might. In fact, he probably should do that with his entire range once if we check, right? Which is why we should check. Yeah, there you go. That's why we should check. Although if a heart comes, we're going to be so sad. We're just going to fold, right? I don't know. Maybe not against Calvin Anderson. We'll have to think about it. That's, I mean, yeah. It's, that's the thing about that made Calvin so successful for so long. Like, it's just so hard to figure out how to, to deal with him. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? I'm struggling to find optimal lines for Van Plu knowing Anderson's reputation. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think he's supposed to bet the flop. I think either decision is reasonable here. I think checking is reasonable so we can pot control, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll be allowed to pot control. Maybe maybe Anderson won't bet all in. Maybe he'll bet some other amount. That Maybe he'll just bet a scary amount, you know? Yeah. Um, that would be great. So we could be left with like 12 blinds or something if we're wrong. Um, this way we do get to induce and win a bigger pot sometimes. That's cool. Also, by checking back, we don't we put we sometimes keep ourselves out of the poopy situation of just being all in, which is great when this when the super bubble is happening right yeah. now. That's kind of cool. At the same point, we bet the super bubble is happening right now. It's Calvin Anderson. He might just shove any two cards right now because that thing is happening. Yeah. And we almost never, ever, ever have a three, and he knows it and we know it. Right. So like it's a great time to shove. Yeah. So that's a that's a really good reason to bet, actually. Calvin may just be like, I'm just moving in. What are you going to do? I'd like, three, I'd like to know if that's the case or not. If he actually would just move in with king, queen, high here. Right. You know? Yeah. It's possible for sure. I mean, if, if, that's, po- if that's legit, like so- some of the time that would happen, then I really like a bet. Well, Van Plu does bet. Yeah. He bets 52K. And it's a significant bet for him. He had like 175 left, right? Yeah. He's kind of committing himself to this pot. He's put in almost half a stack. So I got to believe Calvin would probably move in with a lot of his range here because he does move in with a three. Yes. Which Calvin's obviously a smart guy, good enough player to know that he can't just move in when he has it here. Of course. Or else he can't get the value that he needs out of his three here. Right. Um, so it's weird because like he's completely blind to Vamplu's hand other than that he's three bet and bet bet. He's just taking aggressive actions and he's hoping for completely different outcomes depending on what he has, but he's taking the same line either way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, Van Plu betting a second time is strong. It is. But at the same point, it's Calvin. Calvin's got weird ranges and can have hearts. And you just, you know. Yep. And uh, to Van Plu's credit, he just snap calls. He yeah. had a plan. Yeah. Like, they're announcing this other player's all in. He's like, yeah, I call. Yeah. And uh, 
he has seven percent to chop. Or, I mean, that's so bad. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it don't come in. It I'll don't. Say that. It doesn't the, come the in. The good news for Van Plu is the other guy also busts, and they split uh, min cash. So they yeah. get most. They get most of their buy-in refunded to them. Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool. That's a nice little benefit for Van Plu. Right. But man, that's. It's so hard for Calvin to really have it, you know? I mean, I think he has aces up more often, or two pair so much more often than he has, like, a three. Yeah, two pair seems, like, more likely. three in his hand? I don't know. Pocket threes. Like, that's the only way he's really supposed to have. Maybe ace three suited. Yeah. Yeah, those things make sense. We block ace three suited, and there aren't very many combos of pocket threes, you know? It's just tough. It is tough. Else? Well, I, you just, I think you just got to put the money in against Calvin I and, do. and hope it works out. I agree, even though it just sucks. And think about Calvin's stack after this. Mm. Insane. He started the hand with 545K. Vamplu had 225. Wow. The blinds are 4K big blind. 745, 777. He's got, wow, he's got almost 200 blinds. And in As, the money. In the money with 200. He should, this is like a, the, the nightmare for everyone is this guy with this stack. Yeah. So he can basically just bet every, every single street if he wants and lose a lot. And it doesn't, he can just keep going. Yeah. You can just keep putting pressure on people for a while. Right. You can pick them off. It doesn't matter. You can just get it back over the next three hands and yep. be right back where he was. Pretty much. It's like, no, oh, I lost half my stack. I still have 100 blinds. I'm still the chip leader or the number two chip leader at the table. It's fine. He's probably the chip leader of the whole tournament right now, actually, after winning this pub. Probably. Yeah. You got to feel for the vamps a little bit there. Yeah, I do. Like, that's a pretty rough. That's a, nice little that's a pretty Potter rough kid. one. He's just, it's just kind of like, why did I have to have Ace King in that hand? Yeah. I had... I had what fifty six blinds. It's like yeah, like, yeah. Feels like sort of ridiculous, and you know, and also he's probably sitting there like if I just if I check the turn, Calvin may not have shoved because it's a lot to yeah. shove. You know, maybe he would have made a normal bet, right? And I because then also I you know and like I call of course and loose. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still. I'm still I mean, at least cool. like you can tell he's a pro because he knows what to do when yeah. when Calvin moves in. He's like he's like this is happening. Sometimes I call right. Whereas a lot of players are going to be like, oh, I didn't think of that as a potential thing that could happen. I mean, we see that all the time, yeah. don't we? And we see that in poker time, yeah, all the time. We see we even see it though on like these these shows too, like the, right. the EPT and stuff. And we're always very, especially me. I'm I'm pretty critical of that. Like it's one thing, by the way. Sometimes I think players actually fake it too. You know, they want to like. Um, not necessarily let everyone know that they had the plan, you know, and there's something yeah. to that sometimes, you know, um, like if you would, if you bet to induce and the person then does it, you don't necessarily want to let everyone know that you're betting to induce. So because obviously. in case you have some tell when you're inducing that you aren't aware of, well, uh, maybe a sizing thing too. Yeah. You bet in a certain way to induce, you do a blocker bet or something like that. And then you like take a long time and call. So that way they think, Oh, well he almost folded. I can, maybe that'll work next time versus yeah. like, you're like, no, I'm always calling. You know, that would be, that would at least be strategic, but a lot of, but usually when we see this, we know that's not what it is. Yeah. You know, like we'll see people do that in spots where it's clearly not true. Like we, we did a hand recently on um, our poker time broadcast where a player called the turn, had four and a half blinds left, by the way, called the turn. This was in a tournament situation. There were five players left too. He had the nut flush draw and a Broadway draw just called. The guy, the guy who's like super spewy and can have anything, bet, moves him in on the river, and the guy tanks forever. And it's like, I don't understand how you can just call the turn and tank yeah. forever on the river. Like, you either move in on the turn or you snap. I would snap call the river, but like, even if you snap fold, at least you had a plan. Right. Like, fine. He clearly didn't have a plan at all. He took a long time, and it was weird. Yep. It was really weird. Yep. Have a plan. Have a plan. Although, it didn't help Van Plu this time. Well, it didn't help him this time, but, you know... 
maybe in the future. <laughs> Other times, I'm sure it has helped. Maybe, maybe someday it'll help vamps. Yeah. Like, so yeah, Calvin Anderson, I actually did talk to Calvin about this specific hand too. Oh, did you? Yeah. And he said, he was just sort of laughing about it and say, yeah, he just has to call me when I move in there. Like, like he didn't even think it was like a question. Like, right. he knows his reputation as such. And, the, and I guess that he absolutely really, even then, like, is just going to show up with so many hands. Like, it's such an easy call with Ace King. It's the way he made it sound. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like 100%. You got a, got an instant call there. So, like, like he thought Van Poole played it great, I think, and just yeah. like, got unlucky. Yeah. Well. Fair enough. Cool. I mean, if you're Calvin, on, that's a good card to move in on, right? Absolutely. Of course, maybe not against David Van Poole. Maybe not. Unless you have it. <laughs> if well, you have it, then it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe Van Poole still has bluffs there. Maybe he has some bluffs there. I mean, he could actually have king queen high and be betting um, sort of sort of for value where he's like charging the hearts kind yeah. of thing and charging the draws sometimes. Right. Um, and they like, I often have the best hand. Yeah. You know, that's true. And like, I'm checking back the river and I hope king queen high is good. It's going to be good a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that till just now, but it's possible. Of course, then he gets blown off those hands, and maybe those play better as a check, and you can hear other river sometimes. Maybe. Although yeah. Calvin's going to bet so big. I know. He's going to bet so big. That's why you bet the turn yourself, right? So that way you can set the price. Yeah. And you can just check it back. Use the position to your advantage. Although, you know, Van Plu bet pot on the turn. No, it was wait, no, no, no. He bet 26,000 no. on the flop. Uh, oh, yeah, I have the pot. He bet half pot. Oh, the... Yeah, you bet half pot. That's right. Okay. Never mind. So it's also like more of an inducing bet size, right? Yeah. Which is like, well, I don't love my hand. I didn't bet, you know. Now, obviously, Van Plu's going to bet the same either way. And, and Calvin knows this too. But, you know, against certain players, they're going to they're gonna size their bets based on how much they like their hands. Also, especially on the bubble or the super bubble, they may size their bets a little differently. The super bubble. That's cool. I like the super bubble. It's like the super majority. It's, it's like that. It's actually the same. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing as the super majority. Like, I don't even know why we don't just call the super majority the super bubble. Yeah, of course. And in poker tournaments. Yeah. Music is my sunlight. All right, we're done. All I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.